get out there and do it. Pulls up, three-pointer. Let's go, baby. Here we are, Wednesday, Eastern Conference Finals. We are live. You heard in the intro, that's how winning's done. Can someone forward that to the Philadelphia Eagles, please? Busy show for you here tonight, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. right here, 1490. Sports betting radio. And to open the show tonight, I got a special guest. He's going to help me get this show underway. We have NFL Week 3. I touched on a lot of games that I liked last night. What's the public doing? What are the odds? Where can you maybe sell high, buy low? And there's really only one man on the planet that I trust. And we have to bring him in here the right way. The Philly Godfather. So without further ado, let's get to it, man. Let's get to it because get money yo my man what's up brother here we got father give you a call back in a little bit east coast philadelphia born and raised in the streets is where i spent most of my days chilling out maxing relaxing all cool when against my dad's wishes when i dropped out of school but mom didn't raise no food nor a rookie my life took a change when i found my first bookie i'm ditching the streets full of drugs thugs and thieves trying to get this paper and a cheesesteak from sleeves next thing i know i'm one of the wise guys just like larceny and we exchanging high- that's how you get brought into a show philly godfather the best in the business. He's going to spend a few minutes with me right now. So, Godfather, how are you, brother? Thank you for uh, for joining me here tonight. Great, man. Thanks for having me on. Monday night, we had a big night. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, that's the Godfather. I gave out the Raiders on the alternate line, minus 3.5, plus 300 to win the game by more than 3.5 points. And we cashed that, so you got 3-1 to one on your money there. Last night on Twitter, again, another free move. Denver Nuggets on the money line, plus 225 catch that as well so we're having a good week start off really well yeah and one thing that i've been talking a lot about on the show for the past week is just how do you gauge the nfl and a lot of overs have hit through the first two weeks the favorites in week two straight up i think it was 14 and one uh and now as we transition to week three there's some trends over the past 10 15 years and everyone uses those against the spread since 2003 teams Oh, and two when it's cloudy out. I mean, there's a million things that people use, but how are you trying to gauge understanding how to bet this year? Because it's a, it's a strange season. <laughs> it's a, it's a war week to week. And, uh, I'm not a big trends guy. Yeah. I kind of handicap each game as its own entity. And I, you know, I, I read all the, the stats, uh, the advanced metrics, the efficiency numbers, uh, all the qualitative quantitative factors surrounding the game. And uh, I do my research, and at the end of the day, it's an educated guess. And if you spend enough time researching these games, you should be able to, uh, you know, catch more than 52.4% in the NFL when you're risking 110 to win 100. That's the break-even point. So you're basically trying to find some clarity in the market and uh, identify some value. And if you think you've, you know, identified some value, then you're going to purchase the price that you like. And that's just like any other market. Uh, you're looking for value. What's a team that's been surprising to you through two weeks and maybe the public isn't sold on this team yet, if any? Well, Jacksonville surprised a lot of people. Week one is eight-point dogs. I mean, they come out there and they beat uh, the Colts, who were favored to win that division. Uh, but if you look at the box score, the Colts really gave them the game. Uh, they had twice as many total yards. They lost the turnover battle. And I talk about the turnover battle you know, the turnover differential all the time. The team that loses the turnover battle is going to lose the game about 80% of the time and uh, not cover the spread about right around the same amount. So turnovers are so crucial in the NFL. And then, uh, you know, they, they play the following week and they play Tennessee real tough. And if you look at the game Thursday night against Miami, uh, right now about 70% of the public is all over Jacksonville because they've liked the way they've seen them perform. The three-point favorites at home. And I think they might get burned. I kind of like Miami uh, here in this spot. Uh, plus the three, plus the three and a half, over that key number. Uh, I always talk about how key the number three is because close to about 16% of all NFL games land on the number three. So threes and sevens are very key numbers. You're always trying to get the best of the number. Talking with Philly Godfather. Follow him on Twitter, at Philly Godfather. 
Where's some opportunity here in week three? You mentioned the game tomorrow night, but where's some other opportunities uh, that you can share uh, that you see for week three that maybe the public's going the other way or flying under the radar? Anything stand out? Uh, if you go to game 467, 468 on your sports betting screen, uh, San Francisco playing the Giants. Giants are at home. San Francisco, a very public team. Right now, over 60% of all the tickets punched offshore Las Vegas and Atlantic City are on the 49ers. But I I had to pull the trick on this 0-2 Giants team, plus 4.5, and, and that's without uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I mean, if you listen to all the guys that are banged up on the 49ers, I mean, it's a, it, it's a boatload of guys. you got Nicky Bosa, Kittle, D. Ford, Garoppolo, Coleman, uh, Oster, uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Richard Sherman, Thomas. I mean, and there's a bunch of other guys I didn't even name. So this this is a very uh, wounded uh, San Francisco team. Uh, I had to take the dog here plus the points at home, uh, basically because the way you beat Danny Dimes, uh, Daniel Jones, is with pressure. And we saw that all of last year and the first two weeks of this year uh, with the Steelers and the Bears' defensive lines really contributing to those victories. Uh, I don't see that happening this week, to tell you the truth. The 49ers haven't been able to get to the quarterback this year. They only have three sacks on the year. They're ranked 20th in the adjusted sack rate and getting after the quarterback after two games. Like I said, injuries have hurt this team big time. So don't be surprised if the 49ers lose this game outright on the road. Yeah. You can't get any pressure on uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, and head coach uh, Kyle Shanahan said after the game last week, they're staying in West Virginia at the Greenbrier. They played at the Meadowlands last week, and they were complaining about the turf, and now they have to stay in West Virginia and go right back on that same field that they hated playing on. You combine that with all the injuries, I, I agree with you. I think that's a great spot. Here's a game that I have circled, and I want your thoughts if you agree or disagree. The Houston Texans are 0-2, a horrible schedule to open up the season, and the Steelers on the flip side are 2-0, and and the Steelers are favored by four points. I like the Texans with the points. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sharp Money has backed this team two weeks in a row, and two weeks in a row they got burned. This is a line originally opened up with the Steelers being a six-point favorite. It's down to four. I saw it as low as four even money. Uh, right now, around 70% of all the tickets punched are on the Steelers. It's a game that you got to be really careful. Uh, Pittsburgh, to be honest, they you know they start off two and zero, but against the Giants, if you remember, they were only up sixteen to ten at halftime, and then in the third quarter, the Giants had an eighty-seven yard drive that stopped at the four yard line because of a deflected pass uh, that en- ended up in an interception. Uh, and if, in that game, I think uh, the Giants had more total yards than the Steelers. And then you fast forward the following week against the Broncos, a team that loses their quarterback in the game, a team that suffered injuries on the defensive line, and the Steelers could cover the spread against. Uh, the Broncos, so they're they're one on one in the market against the spread, and now you're you're going up against a very hungry Houston team with uh, an elusive, you know, Deshaun Watson electrifying with his legs. He can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. And the public's all over Pittsburgh, and that's a recipe for disaster sometimes, especially with a hungry 0-2 team like the Houston Texans are. So I'm going to move to this next game, and you may think I'm crazy, but the Jets. And it's really tough for me, Philly Godfather, to get on the air and tell people to go bet the Jets because they are awful right now. And they, they're without their running back, Le'Veon Bell, and they're over 10-point dogs, at least where I'm looking at it right now, 10-and-a-half in Indy. Do, do you think that's a good bet there to take the Colts, uh, to, uh, the Jets, excuse me, with the double-digit number? It's so scary to take this New York Jets team. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, this line's moved three points since the original opener. And like I said, the Colts were supposed to win that division. Uh, you know, they had to hiccup the first week of the season, and uh, last week they looked pretty good. But it's just, uh, it's a game I don't want to touch. The public's going to be all over the Colts here. Uh, you might be able to get a backdoor cover with the Jets, but it's, the Jets are just one of those teams that, I mean, even when it's the right side, it might end up with the wrong result. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, it's tough to say. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride my money on on that New York Jets team. Just stay away from it. I think at the end of the day, uh, the Patriots have been interesting for me because Cam Newton now quarterback in New England, and a lot of people wrote him off. They wrote the Patriots off this year, and it's like uh, the head coach Bill Belichick. He's he's pretty good, and they're at home against a Raiders team that just had a impressive win on Monday night to open up their new stadium in Las Vegas. What do you see with that game? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a short week for the Raiders. They're coming off a big emotional win. And to be honest, the Saints, I mean, a lot of experts had them as one of the best teams in football, and the oddsmakers had them as one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. But if you take away the three turnovers uh, in the first week of the season that Tampa Bay gave them, this team could very well have started off the season 0-2 instead of 1-1. So I don't know how impressive that victory really is against the Saints. Uh, now they've got to travel to New England. New England looks great on defense, giving up 11 points first week of the season. And then against the Seahawks, I mean, they scored a ton of points. So their offense is clicking. Cam Newton looks like he's back. Uh, down at the goal line, he seems unstoppable. Line opened up 6.5. It's, it's dropped about a half a point. There's been some sharp money early on on the Raiders. But uh, if, I, if I had to take a side here, side here, gun to my head, I'd probably take the Patriots at home. Belichick's really tough to beat. And like I said, it's a short week for the uh, – for the Raiders, emotional win. You know, it's probably the right side. All right, so let's bring it local here. And the Philadelphia Eagles and I opened up saying they they really need a win here. Oh, and two, they're a disaster. Carson Wentz, I don't know what to make of him anymore. In year five, he looks frazzled and scared to death. And I know they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. And Jalen Rager, rookie wide receiver, he's going to be out for a few weeks now. And right now, at least, the Eagles are six point favorites against rookie Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I don't know who I would want to bet in that game. I mean, to be honest, right now the way the Eagles are set up and with all their injuries and the way they've been underperforming the market, I can't remember the last time this team started off 0-2 and lost both games by double digits. Uh, I, I look at the screen right now, it's actually down to minus five. Huh. Uh, it's just it's tough. We saw how great Burrow looked, even though his team ain't that great, uh, you know, with the backdoor cover against the Browns the previous week. This is a kid that can throw the ball. He's not scared of uh, of anybody. It's just it just seems it just seems like a lot of points for a Philadelphia Eagles team that's headed in the wrong direction here this year. And uh, I don't know. I just can't leave five or six points with this Eagles team this year at all. Yeah, everyone's saying, well, at least they have the Bengals and they'll get a win this week. <laughs> I don't know what makes you so confident, dude. Anyone who's watched the Philadelphia Eagles the past two weeks, they're a mess, and especially if you're saying you have to lay five or six points, uh, no thank you. Uh, Philly Godfather joining me here on The Fix, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. And I asked you about how you're kind of gauging the NFL this year with the pandemic and all the circumstances are you looking at home field? Have you looked at that in the past? And how has that changed now in the first two weeks of this NFL season? Well, usually, I mean, they, you know, the odds makers tell you home field's worth about three points. But over the last five years, that's been decreasing. Uh, this year, there's, you know, there's been some, you know, a discussion, maybe a point towards the home teams. Uh, teams like the Packers. You know, in December, Lambeau Field, uh, you know, it's going to be obviously you've got a natural boost that, you know, your home field is going to be worth more. Uh, teams like the Broncos, Mile High Stadium, that's always a natural boost as well. That's always going to be worth more than a point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you try and factor everything you can in, but it's really about uh, importing and exporting. You know, you got injuries, who's not playing, what are, what are they worth to the production value on the offensive side or the defensive side, what are they really worth to the point spread. And that's how, that's how we gauge the stuff. And then you read everything else, and you just try to make an educated guess on a week-to-week basis. Like I said, I'm not a big trends guy. I'm not a, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of these statistics, that, you know, that you read on these games, they really hurt you. It, it's paralysis by analysis, and you're looking at the wrong numbers instead of, you know, the stuff you really need to look at. Philly Godfather, the legend, sports better, sports handicapper. Where can everyone find you? I mean, put yourself yeah, out there. What are you doing? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by my website, thephillygodfather.com. And we got one of the hottest, uh, newest sports betting podcasts in the world. It's Follow the Action. It's uh, me, John Layfield, from, uh, used to be the champ on WWE. You got Jonathan Coachman. He was on ESPN forever. And, uh, Joey Odessa. He's a USC expert. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere where you get your podcast. Make sure you guys check it out. Follow the Action. There you go, baby. Follow the action. And Philly Godfather, the best in the business. And we're lucky enough to have him join us here to open up tonight's busy show. Philly Godfather, I appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate it. One more game for you guys. Yes, please. If you please. can uh, lay three on the Baltimore Ravens this week, I suggest you do so. Uh, I think that's a winner as well. So uh, good luck. All right, man. There you go. Baltimore Ravens, that's going to be a good one. Monday night, Lamar Jackson, Money Mahomes. 
and Philly Godfather says put the money on the Ravens. I, I think I agree with him there, and <laughs> take his word. Don't take mine. That's first and foremost. Um, but the Chiefs were in a battle against rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. And I'm not saying that kid's a nobody, but week one, first game there, not week one, but week one for him, Chiefs were in a battle, and, and they should have lost that game. So Baltimore's been cruising, NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, and that offense looks as dangerous as ever, picking up right where they left off. It's going to be a good one Monday night, but I'll take the points. I'll listen to Philly Godfather. We're going to take a quick break at 1030. We got the football fix with Johnny Mack, John McMullen. He's going to give us all the latest. Jalen Rager, as I mentioned, a UCL tear in his thumb out multiple weeks. What does that mean now for the Eagles and the offense? The Miami Heat are up by seven. Middle of the third quarter. We'll keep you updated there. This is the fix. The second level. Whose last name would you take as your own if you had to pick one? Asman, Desiree, no, or Shander? It's not Asman. Ron Asman? Yeah. I think you'd have to go Tony, right? Ron Shander isn't terrible. Ron Shander sounds like a real estate agent. Ron Desiree or Ronnie D. Ronnie D is yeah. great. Tony D, Ronnie D. You guys are a couple of brothers out there. The second level with Aton Shander. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. This is Joe Kraus with this week's Financial Minute. One of the most important decisions you'll need to make when buying a home is choosing the length of your loan. Many banks and credit unions offer terms ranging from 10 to 30 years, with 15 and 30 being the most widely offered. Each of these options comes with its own set of pros and cons. Financial advisors agree that a 15-year mortgage is the best choice for those looking to maximize their savings over time by paying off the home and building equity faster. But since monthly payments on a shorter loan are higher, it can be more difficult to budget for them. On the other hand, a 30-year mortgage offers the convenience of lower monthly payments, which can help you if you're building your savings for emergencies and retirement while making payments. Need help finding the right mortgage option for you? Visit pfcu.com for more information. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Heard it work? Go right now to injuredworkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling. Most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. 
1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the sports book. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. Welcome back to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. Great conversation with Philly Godfather. Guy's a legend. Sports betting handicapper, sports better. He's also entertaining as hell. Great behind the mic. Keeps you entertained. He's knowledgeable. Knows his stuff. He's been having a lot of success in this industry for a long time, which not many can say the same there's a lot of people online and on twitter who have been doing it for eight months online and they think they're the best handicappers in the world philly godfather's been doing it longer than a lot of those people have been alive Uh, so hopefully we'll get more of him maybe once every few weeks once a month whatever i can do with him because he is the best it's tough man it's tough for nfl week three now as we look into week three it's tough to really gauge where the opportunity is, right? There's all these stats out there. Teams that are 0-2 and, and are also 0-2 against the spread have a 600 winning percentage going into week three against the spread. And, you know, it's – I don't know what those numbers mean. And, and you heard from him. It's like, I don't look at all that stuff. When you try and gather too much information, you, you get nowhere. And sometimes in this industry with sports gambling and sports betting, especially in the NFL this year, there's a lot being thrown at you. So you just have to pick the right people to listen to. Go off one or two trends or stats or philosophies that you feel the most comfortable with and sling it. Shoot your shot, baby. We got John McMullen in just a few minutes. The Eagles, man, Jalen Rager. The blue tent, the medical blue tent is just yelling, come on down. Who's next? It's like a packed New York City deli. Shoulder to shoulder. The entire Eagles team is in there. Every single season, it's the same story. It's unbelievable. I'm sick of it. And it's not their fault. That is one thing that's not their fault. They can't control that, but they can control how they react and respond to to those injuries. And traditionally, over the past two to three years, it's... I I guess you could say they've done a good job. Last year, they make the playoffs with a bunch of practice squad players. In 2017, they obviously win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. So they've done a great job, but it's just always a roller coaster ride for them to figure it out. And an 0-2 start going up against that rookie quarterback with a bad Cincinnati Bengals team, it's a little bit scary because the Eagles haven't shown us much. There hasn't been any reason to be excited about this team. And 0-3 is basically the nail in the coffin. It's a must-win situation for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I asked Philly Godfather about that game, and (laughs) he agrees. I don't know how you could confidently put money on the Eagles right now. Five-point favorites, six-point favorites, depending on where you're looking at it. I think traditionally this Eagles team gets a little bit overhyped, especially by the odds makers, because it's a popular bet by the public. Northeast market bets heavy. You know, but what does that all mean at the end of the day? The Eagles are at home. Their backs are against the wall. They're in the corner. And Doug Peterson, the Doug Peterson era in Philadelphia, history tells us that he always figures out how to fight out of that corner, so to speak. So we'll see if he can get it done this Sunday against the Bengals. Does that mean they cover? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. 
I'm not going to give you that pick with any type of confidence. Maybe throw it in a money line parlay. If you're looking for value, it's probably on Cincy, if anything. So we're going to talk with John McMullen next segment, and he'll give us all the latest injury updates, the skinny around the Novacare complex. Doug Peterson snapped on a, on a reporter today. So we'll get into all that right here on The Fix. Taking you up to 1 a.m. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat are up 70-68 to 68 with just over two minutes left in the third quarter. I'm mad at myself. I've been telling you since last Monday, the Miami Heat are getting overlooked. And I shouldn't be too hard on myself because my pick before this game tonight and after it has been the Miami Heat to win this series. But I just felt like this series was going to be a seven-game series. And if you think it's going to go seven, then logic tells you the Celtics tie it up tonight. Still a lot of basketball left to be played. Miami, once again... A favorite, three-point favorite going into tonight's game. Minus 145, 140 on the money line. The total, 211 and a half. So we'll keep you updated there as I'm sure it's going to come down to the last possession or two, and we'll have that right here for you on the fix. 609-601-3290. We are live in studio, South Jersey, so you can pick up the phone, give me a holler, say what's up, who you're betting this week, what's been the biggest surprise for you in the NFL, some sleepers. Have you been betting the NBA? The Phillies finally get a win tonight, finally. 12-3, to the bats come alive. And now with just four games left to play, they have a game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to end the MLB season, they're one game back of that final wild card spot. They have Nola expected to start on Sunday, the last game of the year. They have Wheeler expected to start Saturday, the second last game of the year. That's number two and number one in the rotation. You just gave Wheeler all this money in the offseason for this exact spot. And hopefully over the next two days, the Phillies can get themselves in a position to where those those two starts, especially the one on Saturday by Wheeler, means something. And we'll see what this kid's able to do. Seventy-five, seventy-one, heat up by four, and Jason Tatum just attacks the rim, man. Count the bucket, and he's fouled. Seventy-five, seventy-three, Tatum goes to the line. He's gonna shoot one. Have to take another quick break so we can get John McMullen for his Eagles segment, taking us all the way up to 11 p.m. So we're going to get one more quick break in here. John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated. He joins me next. What the heck is going on with the Eagles? Doug Peterson's losing his mind. As Dumb and Dumber once said, we've got no money. We've got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. The second level. For the fake news, the third story, which is Jake Asman schooling you on a tweet I sent over the weekend. This is the result of that said tweet. I got to talk to the guy after you who tweeted out that a new name was going to be announced in 15 minutes. Did you see that Yeah, tweet? so I think Aton was making the joke basically being like, oh, we have a bad PR story. Well, let's announce a new name so no one's Thank talking you. about Darius. Well, that was a bad joke. It went over my head. Yeah, he fooled you. See, I'm on Aton's level there. He was doing a little, like, joking troll being like, oh, watch them put out their name now. No one will talk about Darius. Guys, we'll be talking about their new name. That was... Awesome. And thank you, Jake Asman. Look at that guy standing up for me, and he said even I'm on his level. Jake Asman is on the second level. I was trying to bring you up there with that joke on Friday. I can't believe, of all people, you took it literally. The second level with Aton Shander, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. 
Finding the right lawyer for your legal issue can be a daunting task. Researching the internet, calling law firms, and trying to get a lawyer on the phone can all be a nightmare. And then you might not even find the right lawyer for your situation. My Lawyer Tree takes the hassle out of finding the right lawyer. Go to mylawyertree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE. That's mylawyertree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE and let them do the work for you. It's free, quick, and easy. My Lawyer Tree, when you need a good lawyer now. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute presented by Russell Roofing and Exteriors. Potential upcoming storms may leave you and your family with unexpected roof damage or property damage. Russell Roofing is here with emergency services and wants you to consider these suggestions. Things you can do from the ground. Look for cracked, damaged, or missing shingles, moss, loose nails, and uneven or indented shingles. Inspect your gutters and downspouts for dents and an accumulation of roof granules. And when you have a question, call Russell Roofing at 215-887-7800 for answers. Inside your home. Take notice to water spots on the ceilings in your attic. Look for water damage in particular rings around the nails on the ceiling and feel to make sure there is airflow. And most important, don't delay. Go to RussellRoofing.com. Two S's, two L's. That's RussellRoofing.com. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute. I'll see you at home. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the sports book. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. Hi, welcome back, everyone, to The Fix. Miami and Boston, man. I'm surprised, and I've been very high on Miami if you've been listening to The Fix over the past week or so. They hold a one-point lead as the fourth quarter just gets underway, and we'll keep you updated with that game here, but... It's time for your football fix, and the blue medical tent just been screaming, come on down, next, next. Jalen Rager, a UCL tear in his thumb, John McMullen. So what's going on with that? Uh, yeah, UCL tear in his thumb. Typically, a you know, if you look at Drew Brees, he had that injury, and it was about five weeks, but from what I told, it's going to be a little bit even more difficult for a receiver for obvious reasons. So you're talking a pretty significant injury that's going to take most likely six to eight weeks. And if you look at the Eagles' bye week is early November, I think that would be the best-case scenario to have him back after 
that bye week in mid-November. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first-round pick is, is going to be out for a while. And it's, I mean, he's a tough kid. He played through it. He got injured pretty early in that game when Carson Wentz hung him out to dry. He got uh, hit really hard. He was down for a little bit, if people remember. Uh, and he played through it, and he played through that torn UCL, which is not easy to do. And uh, Hey, it's, you know, the hits keep on coming for this team. And it's not just Jalen Rager. That is uh, obviously the most significant, the most serious of, of the new injuries. Isaac Samalo obviously went on injured reserve on Tuesday. Uh, but Doug admitted that it's not going to be three weeks. That's a significant injury, so he's out for the foreseeable future. Um, don't think it's a season ending, but it's going to be significant time as well. And now Fletcher Cox has an oblique injury. They're trying to calm that down, so he's not looking great for this week. Uh, and even Rudy Ford, uh, a player who most people probably don't know, but is having a great year on special teams, uh, he's out with a groin injury. He's going to be week to week, and it does Peterson parlance. That means he's not going to be back and playing for a number of weeks. And they already don't have Craig James, so that's their two best coverage people on special teams. So even Dave Fipp is, is scrambling. It's 0-2 and, and getting worse, Ryan. Of course it is. I mean, do we expect anything less at this point with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, when talking injuries? So I did see today, John, that Alshon Jeffrey could be returning sooner than it uh, than anticipated. So what's the update there? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny because I think, you know, the hope is to get Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson back as the starting receivers on this team which I don't know if people necessarily wanted, and they certainly wanted to get younger, but at this point you just got to cross your fingers and hope to get competency out on the field. And Eagles are looking for an October return for Alshon Jeffrey. So um, the earlier the better. I, I mean, they, they need him. The wide receiver position has not been fixed. It has not performed well. And now you're taking hits. I mean, if you think about this week, Sean Jackson will be out there in another maintenance day, another rest day. So the Eagles are going overboard to try to keep him as healthy as possible. And then after him, it's just nothing. It's Greg Ward. It's John Hightower. I, I, you know, Deontay Burnett's on the practice squad, and he should have made this football team. Uh, and I, I think he'll get elevated that new rule for people that don't know, you can elevate uh, two guys from the practice squad because of COVID-19 uh, and have essentially 55 uh, for the game. Um, when he gets elevated, and, and as I said, I think that's almost the fait accompli now, he's going to be the second-best receiver on this team, and he might have been anyway. That's how bad it is. And so, yeah, you need – you need all sound Jeffrey back and, and, and back as quickly as possible. Doug Peterson spoke today, um, and it got a little – it escalated quickly, as Ron Burgundy would say. Uh, so talk about that story. You know, Doug Peterson was asked why Carson Wentz is missing throws that are layups, and Doug responded uh, with an interesting answer. Yeah, I'm not I, – I, I mean, he, he did. He asked and it was Jimmy Kemsky uh, from Philly Voice, so uh, he works with me there. Uh, and Jimmy wasn't trying to be, um, uh, you know, he wasn't trying to prod Doug uh, mm-hmm. at all. But to be fair, either was Doug. Doug was just being playful. So I, I do think that's interesting because I, I see some people have taken off with that in a, in a, in a kind of a weird way. And I know the Eagles were, were taken aback. I mean, he was just joking around. Uh, but I, I guess when you read it on a transcript, read it uh, on a piece of paper, it can come across as, as being sort of um, cranky Doug, as I always like to call it, that will show up every once in a while. But he wasn't cranky Doug today. Um, and he hasn't been, really, for the last week, even Monday uh, after the loss. He was actually... In, in quite an affable mood. So uh, 
I think that was a little overblown, but he, yeah, he was just saying there's no layups in the NFL when throwing passes, and he's wrong. I mean, there are. There are layups. It's like in the NBA. That's like an NBA player saying a layup's not a layup. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, if you're a swing pass, a screen pass, a hitch, a smoke screen, those are easy throws for NFL quarterbacks. So there are layups. Uh, and I think everybody understands that, and everybody understands uh, Carson Wentz has been tremendously inaccurate through the first two games. And I think you saw it with Jim Schwartz as well, trying to fall on his shield for the defense. Doug's trying to do that first quarterback. Uh, and I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's what coaches should do, to be honest. What do the Bengals do well? <laughs> like, what are some areas where you say, uh-oh? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. We were talking off air, and you had Philly Godfather on, and he, he's saying, you told me, he said, stay away from that game. I, I mean, you and you asked me the other day, uh, what is the identity of the Philadelphia Eagles? They don't have an identity. Same thing with the Bengals. They don't have an identity. What do they do well? They, they have a, obviously, they have a little bit more juice, uh, with Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, and obviously he's got significant talent. And I think he's shown uh, tremendous poise as, as a rookie quarterback uh, early in his career. So that's all positive. But, I mean, you got to be honest, this is a team in rebuilding mode, uh, and they're still on that journey. Um, so, you know, if the Eagles don't get this one, it could take a dark turn quickly because this is not a good football team. I mean, you could look at Joe Mixon in the backfield and say that's a a pretty good running back. A.J. Green's a big name, but he's not nearly what he once was. Uh, the defense doesn't have a, a ton of playmakers. Uh, it's not a good football team. And it's in theory, it's a perfect spot for the Eagles to be facing that type of team because they're struggling so mightily. But if you start thinking about, okay, you're going to have to play John Hightower, wide receiver, or, or as I said, maybe it is Deontay Burnett. I think ultimately it will be. Um, Fletcher Cox might not be there. I just mentioned, you know, nobody talks about special teams. Nobody thinks about special teams until it jumps up and bites you. And you know what? Um, Eagles are, are, are in a bad way, not only from just how poorly they're playing, but also from the injury bug as well. It's just the football gods are not kind, man. They don't, when things are going wrong, it's like the hurricane amps up. And that's what's happening to the Eagles right now. We talked a lot, too, as well over the past week and even before you know the past week throughout the entire summer why does it always feel like Doug Peterson has to have his back against the wall and a limited offensive you know toolbox so to speak for him to really simplify the play calling and have success well Jalen Rager goes down and it seems like against a bad team in a must-win situation he could shift to that mentality a little bit do you agree yeah, I do agree. Uh, it's a good point, Ron. He actually brought that up and, and, and talked about simplifying things a little bit on the offense. And that has been what has sort of turned the switch on for the Eagles uh, over the past really two seasons as they made late-season runs. They typically haven't had to do it this early in the season, but, yeah, why not start early? I mean, uh, you're, you're not going to have receivers out there that have uh, a ton of playing experience outside of Sean. So you have to do it from that perspective. I, I do think the one thing you can sort of hang your hat on now that Miles Sanders is back um, is you should be able to, to run the football somewhat effectively. But even that is a question because now you have issues. You've always had issues on the offensive line because uh, of no Brandon Brooks and, and no Lane Johnson week one, no Andre Dillard, obviously, now no Isaac Samalo. So early indications uh, when we were at practice today, Nate Herbig seems to be moving from right guard to left guard, 
and then you'll have a cast of thousands trying to fight for that right guard position. You'll start with Matt Pryor uh, and, and, and move on from there and see if somebody can beat him out. But um, injuries, 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 that's, that's the headline today. Yeah, and that's been the headline for far too long, John. Uh, and we'll see if the Eagles can get in the win column and get out of that Sunday 1 o'clock game against Cincinnati and Joe Burrow with a win. What's been the biggest surprise uh, through two games? Positive. What's been a positive surprise from John McMullen, whether it's individually or collectively? Uh, it's individually, and it's Nate Herbig. I just mentioned him. He's been not only competent, he's been good uh, at right guard, and I think that surprised everyone. Uh, I mean, there was a fear that Aaron Donald would set records uh, on uh, on Sunday uh, after watching the Eagles offensive line in week one, and he did nothing. And, and part of that was having – you know, Nate is in the enviable position of a young player that gets to play in between or, or got to play in between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, uh, and now he'll probably move to left guard. Uh, so who knows if he can continue to play at that level. But even if you go back to week one, he was not um, one, of the, one of the players you looked at and said, okay, he's overmatched. He actually held up pretty well um and 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 that's a surprise i mean he's he's an undrafted kid out of stanford who who played three offensive snaps as a rookie so he's kind of thrown into the deep end of the pool and now he's almost like a constant you know you talk uh, the the coaching staff talks about him like he's not a problem we got to figure out everything else from there and who can play the other guard position. So that's a pretty fast track for, for Nate Herbig earning the respect of the coaching staff, and he's kind of done that. What do you expect Jim Schwartz to do? And we talked a lot about him last night right here at 10.30 p.m. What do you expect him to do against the rookie quarterback? Does he change things up? How much can he change up? Uh, and how good is Joe Barrow on film? Is Schwartz saying, listen, I don't know how much we can change here because the kid's been impressive. Yeah, I mean, Jim typically has a good history against young quarterbacks, and he does uh, tend to amp things up a little bit as far as looks, as, try, as far as trying to fool them uh, with a little uh, pre-snap hijinks. And we'll see. I mean, I, I think Joe Burrow to the typical rookie when you compare him he, he seems to be more advanced he seems to be more comfortable more confident in himself uh and i'm sure jim notices that as well i mean one of the issues is um he's having such problems at linebacker it, it's almost you have to protect those guys so uh there's not a a, a lot of crazy stuff you can do. And even an injury, you know, we, again, we'll go back to that theme that nobody talks about. Will Parks, who's on injured reserve at the start of the season, um, he was supposed to be the guy in the big nickels, third safety, and he's a veteran player uh, who came over from Denver. Uh, and now they had Marcus Epps in that role against the Rams, and it did not work out well. So, I don't know how many bullets he has in the chamber uh, to change up things. And then if you start talking about Fletcher Cox, if I were a betting man, uh, if Philly Godfather was in the studio, I would not bet on Fletcher playing this week. So that makes it uh, even worse. I mean, I, I don't know if this is the week you can say there's got to be wholesale changes because there's personnel deficiencies. And when you have personnel deficiencies, the last thing you can do is make drastic changes. I mean, it's difficult. Jalen Hurts was activated for the first time this year, week two against the Rams, and he saw the field. He didn't do much, but he was um, a decoy, and I like the plays that he was on the field for. Are we going to see more of those? Is he maybe going to even have a pass attempt this Sunday? 
Well, it's coming. Uh, I mean, he, he was the backup quarterback, so it took all of one week, uh, it seems. And uh, I, I can't imagine that the Eagles are going to reverse course and go back to Nate Sudfeld. So he's going to be the backup quarterback. I, I expect him to dress uh, from last week forward. Uh, and you're right, he got in for three plays. He lined up in the backfield, he lined up wide, and he lined up in the slot. Uh, on those three plays, and it was a decoy on each of them. And two of the three were pretty successful at an 11-yard gain, I think six, and, and then uh, a two-yard gain. And, and they had two first downs in in that trio plays. So um, I, I didn't notice, to be honest, though. I, I know, I mean, that's the, the the bare evidence of what happened. So I think people look at it and say it was a success. I, I didn't see the Rams, and I went back and looked. I didn't see the Rams scrambling because he was on the field. I didn't see them panicking uh, because he was on the field. So I, I think it remains to be seen uh, as far as that package and how effective it is and if it can develop and, and be something more. But, I, I, again, I didn't see a, a, a fire drill or anything like that for the Rams because he was on the field. So I, I don't think anyone is saying we have to prepare for this guy yet. Maybe it becomes that, but I don't think we're there yet. Well, and that's a good thing because that's an opportunity for Doug Peterson and the coaching staff to draw up a play, and maybe this game isn't it. But this is also as close to a, a must-win game as you're going to get in the third week of the season, but we'll see how involved he becomes in the offense as the season progresses. John McMullen, follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated. John, what else did we miss here? Um, anything else you want to cover? Well, yeah, and real quick on Jalen. I mean, he's going to throw the ball at one point. They are going to do that. I mean, if you look at the history of this team, and obviously the most notable play would be the Philly special, but they have a history of doing this. I expect Greg Ward to throw it at some point as well. So uh, it's coming. It's just a matter of when. Uh, and you can't overdo it. I know people love that kind of thing. But if you start doing it every week, then people are prepared for it and people are looking for it. So it is the element of surprise, but yeah, I mean, there's no question at some point he's going to throw the football. Uh, and as I said, I expect the same thing from Greg Ward at, at some point down the road. And and as you get more desperate, maybe you do think about pulling that potential card out of the deck. So you're right. I mean, they got to win this game, and it, it's going to be I. I you know, it's going to be interesting. Overreaction Monday is going to be interesting if they can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's just put it that way. I can't even imagine. I can't even begin to look into that crystal ball and see what Monday is going to be like if the Eagles figure out a way to lose the third straight game to start the season to the Cincinnati Bengals at home as six-point favorites. Either way, we'll have it all right here on The Fix with John McMullen at 10.30 p.m., and we'll continue to do so for the rest of the week. John, appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you, Ryan. I don't know what to make of this Eagles team, especially if they lose this Sunday. I just I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. And John will get more into the game Saturday on extending the play right here on AM 1490 from 10 a.m., to 11 a.m. That's John's show right here every single Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. The Heat with five minutes to play in the fourth, 95-90. Heat hold the lead. Marcus Smart at the line. See if he can make it a four-point game. Coming down the stretch, game four of the Eastern Conference Finals. Can the Boston Celtics figure out a way to tie this series up? trailing we'll keep you updated right here much more still to come on the fix the second level what the hell happened with